Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Friday, June 30th. It is four minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me on Twitter, Casey Daniels 317. You can also find me on YouTube right now. All you have to do is type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Of course, you can find Rob Kendall on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall, where you won't find him right now, is in the studio. He's on paternity leave, uh, enjoying his uh, ever-growing family. And in his place, we have the dude, Jim Roberts, joining us in the studio. Thank you for coming in today, Jim. We uh, we start off this hour talking about the big news that just came down from the Supreme Court. They ruled that the Biden administration overstepped their authority in trying to cancel or reduce student loans for millions of Americans. The decision came down six to three and the conservative justices were in the majority effectively killing the $400 billion plan that Joe Biden announced last year. Yeah, this is all about, again, what we talked about earlier. This is all about fairness or Mm -hmm. perceived fairness. People want to think that they got to have an even shot and an even shake and people are treated the same. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier and the the feelings that people had in 2008 during the home crisis when Obama, you know, floated the idea of paying people's mortgages. And and those of us that pay our mortgage lost their minds saying this isn't fair. You're picking winners and losers. It's why everybody is so angry about the unfairness they see in the DOJ right now with, again, picking winners and losers, choosing to prosecute Donald Trump while giving Biden, you know, Hunter Biden a sweetheart deal. Yeah, it just doesn't sit well with people. Well, it's not the government's job to pick winners and losers. But they keep trying to. And I think that's what what conservatives and, and right-minded people just keep getting so upset about again and again. Um, so Biden's announcement it left a lot of borrowers thinking they were going to get absolved of their debt. But again, you cannot cancel debt. You can only transfer it. And uh, repayments are expected to resume by the end of this summer. And I feel sorry for the people that did think for a while there that they were going to get their debt forgiven. Because if I had a ton of student loan debt, I, I mean, I, and if the government's going to give me money, I'm going to take it, whether I agree with the decision or not. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine the whiplash you would have felt having all of this student loan debt? Biden announces, we're going to forgive up to $20,000 of it. And you think, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. And then the Supreme Court ruling comes out today and it gets snatched back from you again. They've been put through the ringer through this as well. Yeah. Well, um, you there's the people that have been responsible who paid, paid off their loans or saved for their children to go to college. And you can't just turn around and say, oh, this group doesn't have to pay their debt. Or the people that didn't go to college. We're encouraging people to sit and here. Now and now they're going to be taxed to pay for somebody else. Right. We encourage people to sit here and say the trades, electricians and plumbers and carpenters and roofers and drywallers, we need more of those. They're, you know, a, a lot of times much better paying jobs than they've ever been. And, 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 and it's something that you can support a family on without having to go to college. You went into a trade. You never went to college. You never took on debt. And now, you, like you said, you're going to be forced through your tax dollars to have to cover the people that did go through college and couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. Or imagine those that are struggling now with inflation costs, uh, just living paycheck to paycheck, and they're going to, they would have had to assume the costs of somebody else's degree. It's just, it's not fair across the board. Uh, The Supreme Court agreed, and uh, John Roberts, again, 
voting with conservatives. Yeah, that's very interesting. This is two big rulings in a row now. Mm-hmm. He's he's really turned into a swing vote here. And and on two big conservative issues in the last two days, he sided with the conservatives. Yeah. 26 million people had applied for relief. Uh, 43 million would have been eligible. That's according to the Biden administration. At that cost of 400 billion people over uh, $400 billion over 30 years. But nope, it's not going to happen. Supreme Court said no. It is eight minutes after 11. So the uh, new word of the week was Bidenomic. That was introduced, invented by the Wall Street Journal, but then adopted by the Biden administration. Uh, Janet Yellen is making a trip to China. She's the Treasury Secretary. She says she's going to reestablish contact. And she had a few things to say about the economy and Bidenomics. She bizarrely brags about inflation and gas prices. What do you see as the catalyst to really get inflation down? Well, um, inflation was fed by supply chain bottlenecks from the pandemic and from Putin's brutal war Ah, in Ukraine. And the impact of those forces is uh, declining. Um, Gas prices have come down $1.40 off their highs. That's important to Americans. Actually, inflation year over year has come down for 11 months in a row um, and is now down by about 5%. Granted, it remains too high. Okay, so the waitress at the worst diner in the world is wrong. <laughs> uh, when Biden took office, inflation was at 1.4%. Gas was about $2.5, even less, actually, two forty a gallon. Today, we have inflation above 4%, and uh, going on two years now, gas still at $3.5 a gallon, uh, got all the way up to $5 at one point. But the thing that drives me crazy about this is she's still calling it Putin's brutal brutal war and blaming inflation and blaming on our Putin. on on Putin. Next thing you know, hey, you know what? Uh Putin's responsible for uh, not having student loan debt canceled. Yeah. Putin's responsible for climate change. They just it's just this uh general thing that they can throw out there and blame him for everything. I'm really surprised that she didn't pull out the old favorite transitory because that was one that they were hanging their hat on forever. Do you remember? It was transitory. Everything was transitory. Well, she's still blaming it on supply chains from the pandemic. <laughs> right. Never right. mentioning the trillions and trillions of dollars that were spent, especially part of the omnibus bill at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. That just conveniently isn't mentioned by her. Yeah, no. Um, so as we head into the holiday weekend, air travel already been a mess with thousands of flights being canceled across the country. Boy, I... I would not try and fly right now. Not a chance. It's like if you've got vacation and you want to go somewhere, you have to pad each side of your vacation with a day or two. And and if you're in the East Coast right now, they're saying five, six days um, because of these cancellations. And of course, the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, he's blaming it on the airlines. United Airlines has some internal issues they need to work through. They've really been struggling this week, even relative to other U.S. airlines. Uh, But where we do agree is that there need to be more resources for air traffic control. Uh, That's why we're hiring 1,500 more controllers this year. We've got plans for another 1,800 controllers next year. 
Okay, so you've got poor FAA staffing, you've got outdated infrastructure, you've got a lot of near misses, you've got runway incursions, um, that outdated ATC system that they use, but Pete Buttigieg blames it on one specific airline. Well, it's much larger than that. I, I Do your job, Mayor Pete. Let's talk about Mayor Pete, shall yeah, we? Yeah, you want to talk about Mayor Pete? Well, you've, you've had a relationship with Mayor Pete. I, I don't want to call it a relationship. Let's call it an acquaintance. Yeah, that's probably accurate. I, we, we weren't friends. But you yeah, didn't we, hang out. You didn't go. We weren't going to you know baseball games and having beers together. But but yeah, I knew Mayor Pete fairly well and saw him on a regular basis back when we lived in Northern Indiana. Okay, so let's tell everybody how, why, how did you know him? What what was your impression of him? Um, what do you think? So so I, I used to be the president of a company that owned some radio stations in Northern Indiana, and as part of somebody that's in that position, it was important for me to be active in the community and mm-hmm. be a member of the community. And so I I sat on the I was on the board of directors for a number of local nonprofits and and served on committees and civic organizations and stuff like that. So I would see Pete Buttigieg at those types of events and and, and, and work together on those things. Um, similar, the, the company that I owned, we had a radio station that was very similar to WIBC. It was News Talk. It had a very large and strong newsroom. And so we would have um, politicians, national and local politicians in the studio for interviews all the time. And whenever they were there, I would go out of my way to make sure to you know pop on over to the studio and and, and say hi to them and, and spend some time with them. So, so I would see P- B- Pete Buttigieg judge on a regular basis oh the one so we were both you know chamber local chamber of Com- chambers of commerce typically have either a 30 under 30 or a 40 under 40 and it mm-hmm. recognizes kind of young business leaders and he and i were both named to the saint joseph county chamber of commerce's 40 under 40 group yeah. one year this we were in is the this, same class we were in the same class this is going back about Geez, over 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was the typical rubber chicken dinner to celebrate it and that sort of stuff. And Peter and I sat at the same table because we knew each other. And and yeah, I mean, and my impression of him was um, he's a very nice guy, very humble, which was odd for a politician because most politicians, the last thing they are is humble. But Pete was humble. Um and he kind of tried to focus his administration around, hey, you know, we need more civic pride in, you know, South Bend, which certainly that city needs as much civic pride as it can get. Uh, where he went off the rails, I think, was spending, you know, almost a million dollars on a on a light show for a bridge that was just an aesthetic thing. And, yeah. and, and, and it wasn't to promote safety. Yeah. Or no, prevent there, crime. There was it was about, it was purely visual. Ornamental. Ornamental like Mayor Pete. That's all it was. And it was it was nearly a million dollars for that. And it still it looks great, but again, not preventing crime or, or not really providing anything else to the community. Um and he's clearly weighing over his head now as the transportation secretary. I mm-hmm. mean we we hear more about Pete Buttigieg than almost any other member of Biden's cabinet and none None of it is good. It's all about bad. It's about train derailments. It's about problems with the airlines and their delays. It's about everything that's going wrong in the transportation sector. Could you name a former transportation secretary off the top of your head? I couldn't, and I'm pretty exactly. good. I'm, I'm pretty good with cap, former cabinet level you know positions mm-hmm. and people. Mm-hmm. I remember them all the way back to the you know the George W. Bush administration. But mm-hmm. no, I I couldn't tell you who a former. Uh, were you surprised when he actually decided to run for president? Like, didn't you think, oh, dude, you're making kind of a big leap here from mayor of South Bend to you want to be president? Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty. Uh, 
a pretty big jump, especially because I think he was barely old enough. You've got to be 35 years old to run mm-hmm. for president. That's in the Constitution. And I think he was like 36 or 37. Mm-hmm. He would have been the youngest president ever, younger than even JFK. And so, yeah, I, I, everybody was shocked. And I think everybody realistically knew that he didn't have a really strong shot of ever winning well, the well, nomination. Well, he was, he was winning Iowa, and then he stepped down. He did. He shocked people and did much better than people thought he would. Uh, because he, he's well-spoken. He's, he's a smart guy. And on paper... He is everything the Democrats are looking for. Right. Road scholar, right. Navy veteran. Right. I mean, he checks all the boxes. But it's he can't get the job done. But the substance of what he's doing as transportation secretary is definitely missing. And the only time you hear about Pete Buttigieg is when something's going wrong. And a lot has gone wrong with transportation in the last two years. Okay, let's talk about another politician from Indiana. You're actually sitting in his former chair. How's that feel? <laughs> It's got the smell of Mike Pence in it, okay. doesn't it? Well, he made an unannounced visit to Ukraine, and he met with uh, Zelensky. Uh, he's set to visit a bunch of Ukrainian cities and villages, and uh, of course, he's running for the 24 Republican presidential nominee uh, nomination. So um, it's it's why bother Pence? No, it's why bother. Pence. You got to get the, uh, you know. The comma in there? Yeah, the comma. It's the comma placement. Right. Um, But, of course, you know, he's openly supported U.S. involvement in Ukraine since the conflict began in early 22. And while he was there, this is what he said. I have every confidence that the day will come when Ukraine's sovereignty is restored and her territorial integrity is restored. Now more than ever, uh, we need to make sure that we provide the Ukrainian military what they need to push back on and defeat Russian aggression here, because we'll make it clear to Russia, to China, and to any other nations in the world that would seek to redraw international lines by force. He seems like he's more concerned about um, what's going on in Ukraine than he ever was about what's going on in Indiana while he was governor. I mean, it's like you think, what were the big things Mike Pence did when he was governor? Do you remember? We just talked about this off the air. I had to sit I. He was the most unremarkable, yeah. easily fade into the background. You could easily forget that he was ever governor. Right. When he left office, I mean, his numbers were in the tank. It was Donald Trump who plucked him and and made him something on the national level, which now he's trying to parlay into something. Um, but it's it, it, why why bother? And that was the headline of the Washington Post article from right. a couple of days ago is, yeah. is why is Pence bothering with all of he's this? He's still at 4%, and I just I don't see a path for him at all. But he's out there uh, uh, blowing the Ukraine trumpet. Uh, and uh, because Rob's not here, I'm going to play this audio clip for you. It's Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Rob's gone. It's time to get some Vivek audio Ugh. in. Okay. Um, he says that uh, he wants to negotiate a deal between Ukraine and Russia right now. And he explains how he would do it. The way I do that is do a deal that Putin basically has to say yes to, which is that we will freeze the current lines of control. We will guarantee that NATO does not admit Ukraine, but we require that Putin exit his military alliance with China. The China-Russia military alliance is the single greatest military threat that we face. The nuclear stockpiles in Russia compared with China's economy. That combination is daunting for the U.S. If we pull Russia out of China's camp, not only do we end the Ukraine war, but Xi Jinping would have to think twice before going after Taiwan, because right now he's betting that Russia's in his camp. If Russia's not, I think that'll deter him from going after Taiwan. 
Okay, this is one of those good thing, bad things, and I know we have to get to a break, but um, Vivek is one of the only people I hear openly saying that he has a plan and exactly what it is. You know, Donald Trump has said, I just want it to stop, which I thought was a brilliant answer from him when he was asked about it during that CNN interview. He said, people are dying. I mean, that sounded like leadership to me. Vivek here is outlining his plan. He's talking about it. It's nice to hear that he has a plan or he has ideas of what he thinks should happen. But at the same time, is he showing his hand to people? I mean, it's like, you know, play poker. Don't show your cards because then they'll know where you're sitting. I'm just glad that somebody is coming out and talking about a potential peace deal. Throughout all of this, nobody is talking about ending this war. It's just talking about more funding and more munitions and more tanks going over there. Yet no one is talking about coming to the table and having and brokering a peace deal. And I give Vivek all the credit in the world for doing that. He's saying a lot of things that other people aren't coming forward and saying. Now, is it going to be enough to get him the nominee? Nomination? No. no. But great for him, good on him for doing that and saying it, and that's why we talk about him so much. Yeah, um, and by the way, he is polling higher than Mike Pence now at 5%. It's 20 after 11, it's 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. about Dolly coming up in just a second. 22 minutes after 11. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. So according to Sports Versa, the top 10 hardest sports in the world to play are as follows. Are you ready for these? Boxing. I get it. American football. Mixed martial arts. Ice hockey, gymnastics, basketball, soccer, wrestling, rugby, and then water polo. So they chose six different attributes of each sport. Speed, endurance, strength, agility, skill level, and physicality. And then they assigned each of these attributes a score of uh, one out of zero out of ten. And then they ranked the scores and then they did a final toughness ranking out of 60. And this is similar Almost, It's not exactly the same as the one that ESPN did last year. But I have a bit of a problem here yeah, with what's this that? list. Okay, so they've got boxing is the hardest. Yeah, I have to imagine you have to be pretty physically fit for that because you've got to do a lot of dancing, a lot of jabbing. You have to have some endurance. Those gloves are going to get really heavy uh, on your hands after a while. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Boxing is, a, from every aspect, is an incredibly difficult and taxing sport absolutely okay then it's followed by american football um okay yep same thing a lot of cardio plus you have to be uh tough physically fit although some of those uh defensive linemen they don't they don't seem like they're as quite in shape as some of the other you know it may seem like that but those guys can run fast it's amazing how fast those 350 pound linemen can run these days then they go on to mixed martial arts i'm sure that's similar to boxing you know you've got to be moving around the the ring a lot and doing all the jabbing and only this time you're using your feet as well yeah uh, yeah that's a that's a very difficult difficult sport got to be able to do punishing on the body they also have ice hockey on there and then gymnastics 
basketball and soccer. And here's my problem. Hit me. I think that they should put soccer ahead of basketball uh, because the field for soccer is much bigger. There's a lot more space to cover. Uh, You know, those soccer players, man, do they get a cardio workout. Basketball players do too. I'm not saying that, but there's just, the field is so much bigger. They're covering so much more ground. And I think inherently it's easier for people to move a ball around with their hands rather than their feet. Well, you never see a soccer player built like Shaq. I mean, that's not going to happen. I mean, Shaq was a big guy. He was mm-hmm. 300 plus pounds, and he yeah. had a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a gut around him from times in his career. That That's never the case. The soccer players are always trim and fit guys. Yeah, because of all the running that they do, right? And they, they do do an incredible amount of running. That soccer pitch is, is large, and they're running up and down that for 90 minutes. It's a tough sport. Okay, so if you had a ball and somebody said, hey, pass that ball to Kevin, it would be easier for you to use your hands than it would your feet, most likely. Yeah, so you're talking about the skill level part of right. it, too. Yeah, you're going to have to practice a lot more because you can't use your hands. So for soccer, you're, it's going to take a lot more practice to get command of that ball with your feet as opposed to something like basketball where it's easier with your hands. The biggest problem I had on this list, what? golf, was 51. Uh, you have a problem with that? When, when you're well, talking about speed, endurance, strength... Okay, I, I get it. It was titled the, for t- a walk? the title of the of the survey was the toughest sports, and mm-hmm. yeah, they did obviously use a lot of physical attributes to that, which golf doesn't have a lot of. But man, there's no tougher sport in my mind to master mm-hmm. than golf. Well, there's a lot more finesse there. Not so much toughness. Right, it's, it's that repetitive motion that you've got to make again and again and again for 10,000 times before you're even halfway decent at being able to chip out of a bunker. Yeah, it's mental toughness, perhaps. All right, country singer Dolly Parton, she is debuting a new album. You're not going to believe this one. It's a rock album. She calls it Rockstar. She says it is some of her best and most fun work that she's ever done. I've lived my whole life mainly in country music, and I love it. And I have covered, as I mentioned, different songs through the years and have recorded rock songs and albums, but never have I so deliberately decided I'm going to be doing a real rock and roll album with real rock and roll iconic songs. And the songs that I wrote for the album, uh, I tried to stay in keeping with what that would feel like. So uh, this was just a whole new thing for me, and I've just really put my heart and soul into it and i'd like to think it's some of the best work i've ever done all right kevin you're the musician in the room you gotta weigh in on this dolly parton is a rock star you buying it i don't know i feel like it's (laughs) it's a no so is she doing just like old school rock and roll no they're new ones that she wrote so they're original new songs she's not covering you know right she said this is she she wrote a lot of rock songs i'm only gonna be impressed if it's like a punk rock album (laughs) that would be really cool but i don't think she's gonna do that you don't think she's got it in her huh no i think it all depends on who is producing it for her oh that's a great point because she could lay a she could lay a vocal track down no problem but it's the mixing of it how's it going to sound most people do not give do not realize the role producers play when 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 songs are created and and the producer can take a piece of junk and and polish it it to a diamond and 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 vice versa in that as well so that's a great point it is 11 28 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc i was a highway man 
Along the coach roads. Oh, the redheaded stranger. Nice choice, Kevin. It is 11.32. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall still on paternity leave. And uh, in his place, the dude joining us, Jim Roberts. So, 4th of July weekend approaching. And uh, the latest Fox News survey finds that while a majority of voters still believe that the U.S. is the best place to live, the number is lower than it's ever been. Uh, Over half say they lack pride in the country and a record low number believe America's best days are ahead. Uh, For the first time ever, the survey finds fewer than half of voters think America's best days are ahead of us. Only 43% of people think the good times are coming. They say the good times are in the rear view mirror. And this is a nine point drop from two years ago. Um, And I... I don't find this too hard to believe. I don't like it. Uh, it is depressing. I mean, I, out of all the news out there, this yeah. seems to be some of the more depressing ones because I don't know how to fix it. Um, well, you you know, I, I've always been the been one that we've always had a flag outside of our house yeah. and uh, always 4th of July has always been one of my favorite holidays. Absolutely. We've always celebrated big time and you know I've got uh, my, my brother served, uh, your dad served so we've all, we've military family yep. and we've always been very proud of that so I would consider both of us uh, patriotic. Absolutely. Um, but when you have someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene recently in the past year saying that the country needs to go through a, a national divorce, yeah, um, I, I, I can see where people are not feeling uh, like the best days are ahead. And when you've got 74% of the country saying we're on the wrong track. Um, it's just year after year of divisive rhetoric from both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have that over time and with the exposure on social media and how divisive that is, it, 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 it's, it's not surprising that these numbers are so low. Yeah, it's, just, it's depressing as, as can be, but it's not surprising that the numbers are so low. Right. And that's why I think a lot of people with the polls are, are saying uh, oh, not, not Biden against Trump. Again, we've done this, the redux. And I mean, even Ron DeSantis, it, he's, he's running on that. He's saying people are over Biden. Biden, and uh, it's time to move on from all of that and and skip ahead. RFK Jr. was talking about Donald Trump. You know, he said, uh, the independent guy, what, what are you laughing about? RFK Jr. You're thinking about that picture of me and him again? I'm thinking about the picture of you and him again, the picture of him with his shirt off looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh-huh. and ripped sitting uh-huh. there on the beach. Yeah, he's, he's, he's something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he... Uh, <laughs> You've got a man crush, it sounds like. Um, I don't know if you believe in everything he says, though. Trump was saying nice things about him recently, and uh, he was asked about that. He responded that he's not running any attack ads because he doesn't think it's good for the country. This week, former President Trump said about you, Kennedy is smart and he's a common sense guy. What kind of man do you think Donald Trump is? Well, you know, here's what I'm not going to do in this race. I'm not going to attack other people personally. I don't think it's good for our country. And I think, you know, what I'm trying to do in this race is bring people together. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest. The reason why he's not running any attack ads is he doesn't have the money 
for well, any right. ads, period. He's raised $4 million, which is nothing for a presidential campaign. So it's nice of him to say that, oh, I'm going to be the good guy and I'm not going to attack Donald Trump. You don't have the money to attack Donald Trump. <laughs> no, no kidding. And if Donald Trump starts attacking you, you certainly can't defend it. Right. right certainly can't doesn't have the money to defend it. Absolutely. It's interesting that of all of the people that are running, uh, Donald Trump is saying nice things about him. Who's not in his party and... I, I don't, is it because he could do more damage as an independent? It's because he doesn't see RFK Jr. as a threat. As a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Christie definitely sees Donald Trump as a threat. And ever since he announced that he's running for president, he has done nothing but badmouth Donald Trump. And in fact, he was speaking with CNN and he said that he doesn't think that if Trump were able to get a, a fair trial... <laughs> if insert laugh here and eye roll um, that he would not pardon Trump. You haven't said whether or not you'd rule out pardoning him if you became president. I think I, I, I don't think it's responsible to say it. Caitlin, but what because having had the pardon power before, I will tell you what my inclination is. I don't think if he gets a fair trial that there's going to be any grounds to pardon him. And so my inclination is I don't think I would pardon him now. If I thought that he got an unfair trial, if I thought there were things that happened that led to an unfair result, then that's a different story. Um, but based on what I know today, the answer is no. Okay, well, this is all wishful thinking from Chris Christie, because when you look at the polls, you've got uh, Donald Trump at over 50 percent. Ron DeSantis, he's hanging around that high 20 to 30 percent. And then the others, Vivek at 5 percent, Mike Pence at 4 percent, Nikki Haley at 4 to 3 percent, depending on which poll. Chris Christie's not even showing up. And since when have presidents needed justification to pardon somebody? He said there's no grounds to pardon Donald Trump. Presidents hand out pardons as political favors, and that's always the way it's been. Mm -hmm. All right. Finally, uh, before you head into the weekend, there's a movie coming out. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm retiring. Well, in that case, what are we drinking? Same for the goddaughter. Dad told me you found something on a train during a war. A dial that could change the course of history. Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father crazy? Don't move. We need to get out of here. It's a lot of, a lot of sound effects. Uh, I'm so bummed that they used the Rolling Stones in that trailer. Why? Because I love the Rolling Stones, and I don't want uh, the fifth Indiana Jones movie to taint that song. You don't want to see this movie? I'm slightly interested, uh, only because it's going to be the last one with Harrison Ford, but if it's anything like four or three or two, I'm not interested. See, I'm a sucker for all of these. They put out a new Star Wars movie, I'm there. Put out another Marvel movie, I'm going. Put out another Indiana Jones movie, I'm going. I'm a sucker for these. Well, you like movies. You're like a movie guy. I do you, like movies. You go to movies. I, and you don't. I know. You hate going to the movies. You ask me all the time. Kevin, you want to go to the movies sometime? <laughs> yeah, sure. Because she hates going to the I love going to the movies. And I used to take my daughter and I used to go to the movies all the time. But now that she's away in college and gone all the time, uh-huh. yeah. I, uh, I, need somebody, no to go I, I need someone to go to the movies with me because you won't go. I just, I find it 
more convenient just to watch from the family room on the couch. I can go to the bathroom when I need to. I've got my own snacks. And you know what really drives me crazy about going to the movie theater is hearing the candy wrapper from the person next to you. (laughs) Especially when they're whispering in the movie and you've got that person next to you who's eaten all the food. I'm like, I just go home and and watch it at home and I can crank the volume as much as I need to. Sure, why do you need to go to a park when you could just look at a picture of a park or watch a park on television. Why experience something in person when you could just do it from the comfort of now your own home? Now, that's completely different. Um, are you excited about the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? I am. You I'm always to- excited. I love summer blockbusters. I'm excited mm-hmm. about the Indiana Jones. I'm really excited about the Oppenheimer movie, which is uh, yeah. coming out at the end of this month, and that goes through the creation of the first atomic bomb um, in the 40s and, see, and now, World War II, and that one I'm very excited that about. That one you might be able to convince me to go oh, see. I, I did much more interested in that. I did drag you to see Top Gun last summer. Yeah. That was that was the last movie we saw was yeah, Top Gun and, last and summer. And that was that was a good one. Okay. Let's talk about Wheel of Fortune. Vanna White, she won't continue her co-hosting gig on the game show unless she's paid half as much as Pat Sajak was. It's revealed that she hasn't received a pay increase. I said the other day, 20 years. It's actually been 18 years. She's 66 years old, and she says that she needs her pay disparity addressed to continue on with the program. Good for her, Vanna White. You know how much Pat Sajak made? $15 million. Fifteen million, and she made three, right? She made three, so she's saying she's not working with Seacrest. She's not going to move on unless they bump her up to at least seven and a half mil. More than double, mm-hmm. more than double what yeah. she's currently making. The uh, okay, so her and Pat Sajak—they've been together since nineteen eighty-two. Uh, seven and a half million. She worth it? Uh, well, here's I the mean, problem. She's going to say yes. So if you're running Wheel of Fortune mm-hmm. and Pat Sajak's leaving, and 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 you don't have to pay him fifteen million. Brian Seacrest isn't doing it for free. No. He's probably going to be making as much as Pat Sajak did, if not more. And now here comes Vanna Mm -hmm. asking for a massive pay bump. Right. Um, She may be sticking her. I mean, good for her. Know your worth. I love it. But uh, don't be surprised if they're comfortable with you walking away. And they shouldn't be surprised if she gets a lawyer. Uh, We've got Susan Beckwith who's going to join us next. It's our Mind Your Manners segment, which is going to take us out on this Friday at 1142. On 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. show. My name is Casey Daniels and Rob is out on paternity leave. Filling in today is the dude Jim Roberts who has never ever once in his life been accused of being rude. But... At least uh, since this morning. At least since this morning. (laughs) But that beautiful uh, light laughter that you hear is 
Susan Beckwith, who is joining us today, of course, on Friday. Susan, you know, we like to send off our listeners with some manners as they go out into the world. And we've got a big, long holiday weekend for a lot of people. So we definitely want to make sure that people are on their best behavior, right? Yes, yes. You know, we had such good response to last week's rude questions. And so I thought, we'll extend it one more week and uh, maybe down the line we'll circle back. And uh, there, we could have enough material truly to do a full series, but yeah. we'll cover just a few more today. Well, what is that <laughs> saying about people, Susan, that we've got enough questions to cover a full series? Are we just living in a rude time? Are people just losing their minds? You know, I I really think that most of the time it comes from a good place and more of a place of ignorance versus malice. And I think that's why it's important to review the heart behind, you know, some of those questions or just have a bigger discussion that sometimes, you know, those those questions can be very layered, uh, as we talked about last week, especially mm-hmm. about what's on having children and, and you know, especially if someone struggled and, and all of that. But yes, so it's good to review. Okay, well, well before we get- into our set of questions and I don't know if this is a rude one did you lose power last night you know we did in the afternoon just very briefly so we were really fortunate uh, to, to not lose power overnight Good for you. Ours was out for 12 hours. <laughs> oh, goodness. Did you sleep okay? I'm sure that got pretty toasty. <laughs> it did. It did get a little warm. We but... did not sleep okay, to answer your question. <laughs> Absolutely not. We did not sleep yeah. okay. I don't know what my excuse is. I didn't either. So I, I anticipate it being at least a three-cup day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Coffee. We're chugging the coffee. All right. Well, let's yeah. get to the subject at hand, rude questions. And what do you have for us today? Okay, so this first one is one I am so very guilty of, and it's actually one that I love to receive. So on the surface, it doesn't seem rude, but it can be very layered as well, and that is, have you lost weight? Oh, yes, I like hearing that too. Because some people may view that as some people may view that as a compliment, right? And not you know, from the person asking, "Hey, have you lost weight?" They think they're being nice. Oh, you look great. Especially if you're trying to lose weight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that is so true. I know. When I hear that, I'm like, you are my new best friend. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But that can actually be a sensitive topic of conversation mm -hmm. because sometimes not all weight loss is good weight loss, especially if it's a symptom of serious illness. And so what I tend to do, and I've tried, I feel like this is one that I'm, you know, have to keep reminding myself and and coming back to, but is just saying, you look great. Mm -hmm. And then letting them respond, oh, wonderful. I've lost 20 pounds. And then, you know, I kind of let them share whether or not that's included weight loss. That's a good idea. So rather than just ask the question, just offer up a compliment. Yes. You know, you can share that you've noticed something about them, but it just not specifically reference mm-hmm. weight loss and allow them to kind of guide the conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, conversely, I have to imagine, have you gained weight? <laughs> <That's even laughs> yes. That is also a rude question. I really hope that people would recognize that one, but uh, you never know. So good job, Casey, on uh, throwing there. that one in. Yeah, put it out there for us. <laughs> All right. What else do you have? Okay, well, I haven't received this one as much because, believe it or not, Mike and I have actually been uh, dating since I was 18. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the end of my freshman year of college. But, why are you still single? Oh, yeah. 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 That can rub people you know the wrong way. Maybe it's by choice. Yes, 
you know, it kind of implies that there's something wrong with being single first. And then you may, again, think that that's a flattering question because it implies that, you know, that person's a catch. Mm -hmm. Um, But it can also really bring up a lot of feelings of inadequacy. And, you know, so that's one, you you know, you may have good intention, but Mm -hmm. also steer clear of. (laughs) You know, what's really interesting, Susan, is uh, we have this topic on the template today. A record high share of 40-year-olds in the U.S. have never been married. 25% of 40-year-olds never been married. And that is an increase from a decade ago. So a lot of people are not doing that intentionally they're staying single because that's what they want to be they want to be single so okay yeah i had a a colleague that after last week had said that this was a question that she received often and she said it's hard to meet people too and Mm -hmm. so then you know it's we're just in a really interesting time to to make connection true connection Mm -hmm. so yeah that's an interesting fact though i i'm a little surprised by it yeah 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 okay you have another one for us yes okay so this one you would think is obvious again but we're going to review that anything where you're asking what do you make Mm. because that can be very awkward and um you know that's just really crossing a personal boundary there would be maybe one exception and that is if you're really inquiring about a career change and going into that field then you could potentially ask you know for that purpose but how much do you make is another rude question okay susan beck with joins us with mind your manners and how much do you make is it okay like you mentioned you may be changing careers to say uh can you give me a ballpark or give me a range of what i can expect yeah i think that that's less rude because then that really gives them the opportunity to make that range as big as they want Uh well well we're talking about degrees of rudeness here this morning so uh, it is by the way i just want our listeners to know if you have any sort of these conversations with your coworkers, uh the department of labor has said it is not against the law you are allowed to ask your coworkers, uh you know compare salaries it may be rude to do but it's not going to get you any sort of trouble okay I didn't know that. I knew an employer couldn't ask someone that they're interviewing mm-hmm. what they make. Um, I believe that to be the case. So please, if someone, if I've got that wrong, you can call in and correct me. But I, I don't think that an employer can. So that's interesting about a colleague can. Yep. A colleagues, you can discuss how much you make. You can compare notes on that without retaliation. All right, Susan Beckwith, do you have one last one for us on this Friday before the big holiday weekend? Yes, yes. Where are you from? Mm. Like really from okay <laughs> so asking you know someone where they're really from implies you know something different than you know possibly you know that they're originally from that state or country you just never know who is a an immigrant or first generation american or whose family has been here for hundreds of years mm-hmm. so where are you from like really from is another rude question to avoid. Okay, so a lot of people are really into genealogy and ancestry, and maybe um, can you ask something like that, like where, where is your, what is your heritage, or... I mean, I because everybody's coming from somewhere, so mm-hmm. I feel like that is, you know, a little less pointed in the, mm-hmm. in the way that, that the other question is kind of implying, you know, that they are not from... From here. You know, Right. Where are you from? Earth. Yeah. My parents. Where are your heritage from, Casey? I'm curious. Do you know? Oh, Irish and German. 
Irish and German. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't, I need to study our, my genealogy a little bit better. Micah is, um, has very strong Welsh heritage. Okay. Okay. And Jim, what about you? <laughs> uh, Irish, German, Polish. Okay. There we go. All right. All right, Susan, thank you so much for these wonderful questions as we send people forth on the weekend with, uh, some better manners. And where can people find more information about you? Yes, you can find me at belloftheMidwest.com. It's a great way to get in touch with me. And actually, today I have a new blog post up that you might be interested in. It's five um, interview etiquette tips to help you land a job. Oh, okay. So when you're talking about money with your colleagues because you're interviewing (laughs) or wanting to interview, very good. Thank you so much, Susan. We appreciate all of your time and your insight. And that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you, Jim Roberts, the dude, for hanging out with me the past couple days. I I appreciate that. It's been a ton of fun. Thanks for having me. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Maybe, possibly. Thank you, Kevin. Good job. And thank you for listening. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch you back here on Monday. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.